Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Dogs barking in the background, but I welcome to the podcast of On My Block Podcast. I'm your host, Mon Green, with my co-host, good friend, good teammate, Mike Wall, man. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm I'm having I'm doing good, man. I had a good weekend. Like I just mentioned, I uh went to the game. I was actually in person watching the game with a friend of mine and his wife and on you know, my wife. And we enjoyed the game. It was out in the uh the indoor seating, so you had the big glass. We almost felt like we were the uh, you know when you go to the gas station and the rotating hot dogs on the grill because the hot the sun was facing you know coming directly in north it's cooking you north yeah it was cooking us for the first half of the game so I was like yeah we feel like the hot dogs on that that the little spinning thing at the when you go fill up gas the hot dogs you should not be eating because they've been sitting out you don't know how long they've been sitting oh, out man. there so so no yeah we watched it in person it was good and it was good I say that I mean just like I think you probably are like me in this instance, like when you could actually see it live and then see some of the breakdowns and see why, you know, Aaron did this or the defense defender did that in person. The only thing you don't get is the replay where you could go back right away unless you get home. Once I did, once I got home, I looked at the replay, but you could see that stuff live in action and enjoy that. So it was, uh, it was a fun and it was fun. So what about the, yourself? The perspective, the perspective of a live game is it's really hard because, you know, we try to do a lot of commentary and like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll work with some other athletes that are, and they want you to watch like the TV copy and get you get some notes and stuff. And it's like, you, I mean, we could do it, but like contextually, it's hard sometimes because they don't capture all twenty-two. And so, from our right. standpoint, we want to, you know, we want to know the reason behind everything because that helps us make like the next decision, right? That's how we're trained as athletes. Like the higher level you go up, like you need to understand coverages, you need to understand personnel, you need to understand where everybody's lining up because it means something different every time. And exactly. Sometimes when you're watching the TV copy, I'll be like, I'll find myself like going back because I can't find like the, I, I don't know exactly where like the safeties are lined up. And like that, you know, sometimes that means something to you. Sometimes it doesn't, but like I, I get curious. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it, that's what's for me, that's what's the most fun about the game. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of, there's like the separation between coaches, fans, and players when you, when you like watch or enjoy a game. So like a fans enjoy the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. then coaches and players are working the game, but they work it differently. And for us, it's what's interesting is like when you watch a game live or if, when you watch a game, like in consecutive order. So play one to play 72 mm-hmm. in order, you get a really interesting take on why things are happening that is completely different from a coach's perspective where they might be watching like, okay, on third and eight through 12, they're always doing this or this pass rusher is doing that. Or, but there's a, there's usually a reason, like if you get, if you get beat on like 
play seven, you probably mm-hmm. go back and like play four, five, and six might have had something to do with that. So we want it like there's context to what right. happens next. And and you can't you can't see that if you don't either A watch it live or like watch a game for like play one through play, you know, 72. It's hard to get that context sometimes. Whereas like when we watch on where when we're in uh like in meetings, coaches yeah. want to watch like, okay, let's watch the third down cutups, let's watch the short yards, or let's watch second, exactly. you know, second and long. And you're like, well, that's great. And those tendencies are awesome. But from an individual standpoint, because we want to win individual matchups, like we want to win our one V one matchups more than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that most of these guys are doing something like something's tipped them off earlier as to why they're going to make their next move. Like it's all chronological. And if we don't watch yep. it chronological, that's why I love going to the games. Cause you get that big picture and you get that chronological order. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's something that, uh, as, as we know, Aaron does really good is watch film. And we saw early in the game, I'm pretty sure from him watching film and obviously in terms of the play calling where he had, again, like last week's game where he had some big runs out of the pocket using his legs, um, you know, having to climb the pocket, getting out and uh, getting that, getting big first downs. But then, like I said, I like it where uh, where it keeps the defense honest because the defense wants to either, you know, they want to either, either rush you hard you know, or what the heck is going on? I don't know if you hear that, but I got ads coming in. <laughs> uh, but the defense wants to either rush you hard or say back and let you, and then wait for an interception because they've got eight guys in coverage. And so definitely watching film, breaking it down, they saw somewhere they know that, okay, if this these routes don't come, come open right away against this coverage or gets this personnel of defense, like you mentioned, then you could just take off running, which he did. And so he's been very, I'll say, productive in getting that. He uh, was 20, 27 for 35, 274 yards um, and three touchdowns. And I say those uh, touchdowns is what – those three touchdown passing touchdowns basically is what I say – I say the dang – what is going on over here? All right, that page just sucks. <laughs> um, I got a little, ad, little video over here playing and it keeps audioing up for whatever reason. So got those problems. But That's that ESPN what, thing, man. They get you. Oh my that ESPN God. page open, man. They would start screaming in the middle of your conference call. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm trying to people know, uh, people know you're not paying here. attention. <laughs> right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, get these stats in, you know? Um, but you know, with that, uh, the, the team, you know, the Packers, Matt LaFleur calling the plays out there, they, they, you know, get the scheme down of what the Washington team or any team for that matter is getting, you know, where they're trying to attack and it keeps their offense on, on, on point. But then defensively, as we saw with the Packers defense yesterday, they, I say, it was kind of the bend but don't break. You know, they were giving up plays. They were, you know, McCown, what's it, Heineke uh, played very well you know, for a guy having to come in and, and just basically play football against a good defense and probably, you know, be the starter for the remainder of the season. Heineke did, you know, express, you know impressively well. Uh, made some mistakes, but first of all, a guy that's basically in there because, you know, obviously through, through injury or not having a quarterback, you know, at that position for the Washington team, I say he did real good. But the defense was kind of that bend or no break. And if they were going to do this, this was a team to do it against because obviously there was, wasn't many weapons out there. Other than McLaren having a good day, the wide receiver from Washington um, having over almost 140, 40 something plus yards out there. Other than that, this was the team to have that defensive performance where obviously they made some plays, but then they made, they got beat on a lot of plays as well. Yeah, we've talked about this all year, really. When you talk about the defensive philosophy of a lot of, of, a lot of teams in the NFL now, it, it is kind of that Bembido break. Like, you're giving up. Mm-hmm. Basically, you don't start really playing hardcore defense until, like, the 30-yard line, 35 going in. And, you know, Washington Redskins got some injuries up, up front of their the offensive line. They have Brennan Scherf. He's probably the, you know, top two guard in the National Football League. He's out with injury. Mm-hmm. They're just – they're not quite what they used to be. They lost Trent Williams to San Francisco a couple of years ago. They're still trying to make up at that position. 
obviously backup quarterback. And, you know, this was one of those, I thought for me, this was one of those games where there was some really good battles going on um, in the box between offensive, defensive line, linebackers, et cetera. You know, when you watch the the way the Redskins played us, I think a lot of people thought that they were going to you know, sit back, double Devontae, and just play the soft, you know, the soft coverage or a box plus one with Devontae Adams. And and right. I was I was kind of impressed that they basically put themselves in positions to get single blocked um, on the from the defensive line. You know, yeah, sometimes I did see teams, a lot of that. Yes, sometimes te- and they and they were winning their single blocks. Like they they had a good game against us. I think the, the Lions. It was a really good matchup inside. But you know, sometimes teams pressure from different places, and they you look from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You know, is it better to pressure him from the backside, from the front side? Is it better to pressure him up the middle? And you know, they were trying a little bit of everything. You see when you see when teams though, it's just interesting to watch when teams kind of pressure a guy like Aaron Rodgers up the middle. You got to remember now when compared to when you and I played, there's so mm-hmm. much shotgun that, you know, defensive linemen, offensive yeah. linemen, they're setting different. The pocket's a little bit different. It's not that, like, it's not that U-cup that it used to be because everything's so f- much further back, and the, the drops are usually 10 yards. And a guy like Aaron, with his right. arm strength, sometimes you saw they were trying to pressure up the middle, and they can just wad it up inside. It's like Aaron doesn't care if he's 15 yards back behind the line of scrimmage, man. He can throw it right. from wherever, yeah, right? So it really doesn't up. make that much sense. But it was a, um, it was a, it was a really good physical game. They have some. They have some talent. You can tell. I know their defense hasn't put it all together on the Washington football team side. They have some talent over there, especially on the defensive line. Um, I, I was impressed. It's it's just another one of those games where you're just like, what does it really come down to? It comes down to your quarterback is is exceptional. Um, mm-hmm. Heineke had one of those days where you know I think they outgained us by over hundred yards. But it did, well, you know, six to be exact. <laughs> yeah, it, it only ma- it only matters. You can put points on the board. I got a buddy whose uh, kids are soccer players, and they both are they're both strikers for their soccer teams. They're really good. And he goes, right. he goes, man, the only thing that counts is scoring goals. Everything else is window dressing, and that's kind of uh, how it was yesterday for the Washington football <laughs> team. Man, it's all window dressing. You get down there to the twenty yard line, you can't score any goals. You got to put up like field goals or or getting getting kicked out of there on on fourth down a couple times. And exactly, hey, man, that's a wrap. Yeah, or turn on the ball. I mean, yeah, you look at the window dressing, Heineke, 10 carries for 95 yards, so 9.5 average. You got McLaren, the wide receiver there, seven receptions for 122. That's 17.4 yards per average, but only one touchdown, you know, from that standpoint, and then a field goal later, and then mistakes made, obviously, later in the game. But I want to touch on your uh, defensive line for Washington team. You know, they, you know, you saw Allen, you saw Sweat, get back there and the, the, the young guy Chase from Ohio State early in the game had good mindset of pushing either bullying to a swim but then like you said on the outside of that pocket coming using that um, pass rush on the outside to, to get in that pocket a few times they got to Aaron they had the two sacks early but then that one like I said the first drive is where they got up they got back there but Aaron was able to step up in the pocket and then get upfield and pick up the big first down for them. But then later in the first quarter and part of the second quarter, he got the other two sacks, one by, um, I think, one by Allen and one by Sweat to put the pressure on him. But it was just something that you would think that, okay, we did this in the first half, let's continue to do the same process. But obviously, that's why pros get paid because then the offensive players, even though they are young offensive line in terms of the Packers guys, they did their adjustments. Obviously, coach did their adjustment. Coaches did their adjustments to help them along to make sure that pocket stayed together as long as possible for Aaron to find his receivers and then Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon to find holes running the ball. Yeah, man, you know, it's, this is part of the uh, trench warfare conversation, but every single week in the NFL, if you sat there and really watched offensive defensive linemen, the, the 
fractional difference between a successful play and a and a pass breakup or a successful mm-hmm. play and a sack or you know it's you're talking fractions of a second half steps we always talk about trying to win half steps in in football mm-hmm. like trying to get that half yeah. step on somebody and you know early in the game with Aaron there was some there were some longer developing plays what happens with longer developing plays? Got to hold your blocks longer. If you're single blocking a yep. lot or they're running the games you can't pick up and you get longer developing plays, pressure comes on. And Aaron's the kind of guy like he's okay taking a sack. He's not going to throw a pick, right? right? That's, you know, it's, it's as an offensive lineman, you're like throw the ball away. But as a, as a football player or a team player, you're like, okay, yeah, this guy's making the best, the best decision possible because there's no turnover. And mm-hmm. the difference between the first half and the second half is we got away from a lot of those longer developing plays. And then, Aaron's getting the ball out of his hands a little bit faster. You know, we always go through this kind of uh, metamorphosis during the game where you see we're going to, they're going to try a bunch of different stuff, see what that defense is playing and then kind of react to what works best. And so obviously you saw both teams early in the game. I mean, the offensive, like the Washington football team's offense is like, it's, it's tough to watch. Like if you're watching the, the Niners offense last week, yesterday, who didn't do great, but all the motion they're running, right. Trying to St. Louis or the uh, LA Rams, like, trying right. to use all that space and, all, and using motions and formations. The Washington offense is, is very pedestrian by, by comparison, and they mm-hmm. don't have as many hot reads. Like, there's a lot of stuff like Aaron Rodgers, a guy comes off the slot, that, you know, that receiver's getting the ball immediately. In fact, we saw right. when he didn't get the ball this week is the guy made the – I think Lazard turned the wrong way or something like that. Like, Aaron's immediately on mm-hmm. him. And there's just some things you can and can't do when you have that, that level of quarterback and that level of thought process at that position – um, and sophistication across the entire offense, maybe because of the weapons, maybe just because of the football IQ. If you don't right. have that, like it gets a little bit bland and it's easier for defensive linemen to load up and, and start, you know, putting their ears back and trying to get after that quarterback. But it's, yeah. um, it's always interesting to watch like the way that not only the, the, the battle that's going on up front, but then how the co- how the coaches kind of react to that or how the quarterback reacts to that and makes those adjustments that, you know, on the surface level, we go, oh, they they played much better in the second half. And I, when I break it down, I go, I'm not really sure that you did. I just think we did, we made some changes from a play calling standpoint or what Aaron's deciding to do. Yeah, and that's what I was referring to. Like I said, they got beat on those two sacks in terms of the Packer offensive line. They get beat early with the two sacks, but then later, no sacks happened. They just made subtle adjustments. Not that they got better over uh, a Montez Sweat or, or Allen that are really tremendous, and Chase are really tremendous defensive players. So, um, and in the, in the defensive backfield, you know, you talk about, you know, the young uh, rookie cornerback Stokes here, you know, he's to be a rookie and to be starting, we already know he's doing good, but now he's just got to work on the experience side and then technique side. And then basically not to hit the, the panic button when in coverage, you know, covering yeah. a DB because he was there on that first touchdown. I mean, that first touchdown pass happened so quick and it was subtle the way it happened where I'm like, that was completed. You know, I was like, he was there. He was in position. All he had to really do is put a hand up and knock it down, but he panicked. And I've seen this happen with most DBs. And then later in the game, it was a pass interference. I think it was Sullivan, um, Packers, a new defensive back. I think he was a nickel back comes in and he did the old wrap around the arm, you know, trying to defend the player. It's like, if you, if you're able to wrap around the receiver, you're in position, so no need to put that arm there. Just defend right. with the other arm to n- deflect the ball. So, yeah, he just I, I believe he's got to uh, get that experience and get that confidence not to panic, basically, when he's in that situation. Because he's going to be in that situation again later, you know, throughout the rest of this year because they got some big uh, big games coming up. And he's such a good athlete that he can recover. Like, he has the speed to recover on all this stuff. 
But it, like you said, when you get beat off the line early, which I think he gets beat off the line early. A lot, yeah. A lot, right? He does, he does. And, and then you're, so you're in this recovery mode, you're in this panic mode, and you, you lose your technique a little bit. Yep. Right? But the thing, that, the thing that is so intriguing about him and the reason that he gets drafted, and, and, and he's, he's going to be a tremendous player. He was a tremendous player in college. And you see it on that fourth down pass breakup that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, the, his ability to recover and coming in on those breaks and just kind of be in position to make plays is, is really exceptional. And so it's just a question of, of time and technique. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just for all, if I, if that's, I say any tip for a defensive player, uh, off, uh, D-line, linebacker, don't panic. If, you're, if your body's there, you're in good, if you see the person you're supposed to be assigned to, you're okay. If you don't, if you know when you're in the wrong position, that's when you, you don't panic, just get to the right position. I say you could do that because then that's why we get these quarterbacks and the smart ones do it. Aaron is one of them. They just throw the ball up in the air because they know they're going to get the flag. You know, they see the, they see the DB beat off the line. They're like, you know, what? let me just chuck it up. Yeah, I'm going to get the first down and we're going to be first and goal <laughs> on the 15 yard line, basically, or the 10 yard line. So they, they know to do that. And then, I, you know, from all, I say from an all around standpoint, I know Aaron Jones didn't, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of touches. I say the off, I say the running backs all, in general didn't have a whole lot of uh, rushing yards or attempts. I know Aaron probably had the most, obviously, making those conversions like I made earlier. But uh, between, I say, Nathaniel Hackett and Mike, Matt LaFleur, I think they found that when they scored those touchdowns and the way that, as we were talking with Washington, Steve, our offense wasn't scoring a whole lot, but they were picking up yards in the, in the middle of the field, you know, from the 20 to the 20, but getting to the red zones, they were, they were solid. So the run game was there, um, but it wasn't like, you know, it was a factor that was kind of a non-factor because the way that um, other team was playing out there on the football field, they really couldn't get the ball in the end zone. So it was something. So I say a good game for Aaron Jones basically to rest his body. He didn't get beat up a whole lot. And because he had, uh, you know, a long season ahead of us, week 13 is the bye week. So that's still a few weeks away, actually almost a month away. So you got time for that. So from a, I say from a game standpoint as a coach, I'm like, well, you know, you didn't get beat up. We didn't get a whole lot of a burn out of you today, but we could see now that we could, you know, help you rejuvenate a little bit going into week eight coming up here. Yeah, he's, I, th- I looked at it a slightly different. Like, I think they always have the intention to they probably have a percentage where they want to run the ball or pass the ball. It's just, mm-hmm. again, because the way that the Washington football team lines up with the personnel that they have, they had a lot of people on the line of scrimmage uh, for a majority of the game. And we had to single block a lot more than we usually do. Our double teams are usually have been our kind of bread and butter, whether it's the center and the, and the, and the guard or the guard and the tackle. We've had a lot of success there. We had a lot of success early running out to the right side with Billy and, and like Mercedes Lewis mm-hmm. doing passing off some things. Um, because the Washington football team was trying to stunt early on. And, you know, by stunt, I mean that maybe they're, they're spiking their end and bring that linebacker down. And you kind of, if you yeah. run right into the teeth of that and you pick it up, you, you can get some big plays. But more often than not, they were, they were doing a really good job defeating our, our blocks, our 1v1 single blocks. But listen, on the other side, the Packers' ability to dominate the line of scrimmage in the run game, I think they did an exceptional job for the most part, especially, again, you're talking about in the scoring positions, Mm-hmm. Their ability to dominate their single blocks and, and take advantage of what I think is a lackluster Washington football team's uh, offensive line. Uh, I was, again, really impressed with kind of the interior of our line. And then you know, we'll probably talk about Rashad Gary a little bit more, but he's, he's, he's pretty close to being special. Yeah, he, uh, as you mentioned, very close. He's, I mean, I, I believe he showed up. He was seeing, doing different things. You know, when I when I say different things, he was doing, he was setting up the people in front of him. That if it was the tackle, it was the guard from a bull rush 
to a swim or to an up and under move. And so he's getting, you know, that mindset of, you know what, I got to have a plan going into this attack. So when I come off the ball for this play, I'm a bull. You know, I'm a bull rush. And the next play, I'm going to swim. And then the next way, I'm going to up and under. And then once I get all three in, he knows what I'm doing. And I'm just start, you know, ringing through them and mixing them up, doing the same thing back to back just to keep that offensive uh, player on their toes. Because obviously, once you, I mean, you know this, once you figure out a defense alignment at all, that it's all he got, um, you're going to have a good day. You're going to have an easy day of blocking. But when you got a defender that only has an ability, you know, they have the, phys- the physical ability. They're either really big and strong and then could do things that are definitely different, but then also do the fundamental moves from a swim to an up and under to the bull when they actually get one of those positions or say one of those movements mastered, then they, they become a problem. So he's starting to become that problem. You said you know, becoming a, a, a player that will get game plan week to week. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an honor. I say you kind of tip your hat to the players and do the DCs because they're, they're recognizing what type of player you are. Yeah, he's he's only going to get better. Uh, I, I just this is one of those wins that you kind of have to have, you know. Bottom line, the Packers need to beat the Washington Football Team, and they went out there and they did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, the, the last couple of games, you know, it's it's. I think Aaron said it after after the after the game. You know, they're not quite clicking on offense. Like it doesn't quite feel right, but mm-hmm. they're scoring enough points to win. Um, they're they're converting the they're converting on the plays they need to convert on. He's playing, you know, he's playing at an MVP level right now. He's going to get back into that conversation if he keeps it, keeps it up the way he's going. And you just continue to build momentum. You, you and I know this from experience. When you can win games when you're not playing your best and you feel like you're just building that momentum, but you can still win those games, like the games you need yes. to win, yep. you can still win those games. Man, that is a huge deal over the course of a, of a season because you know how it is, man. You're in, in the, a, team, a player is volatile. A team is volatile. Right. Right. And so you have peaks and valleys going through the season. And what you hope is this, like, it's like a a stock chart, right. Where it's like, it's up and down, but on par over the course of the season, it's up, 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 up. There's just a couple of peaks and valleys and you Mm -hmm. just want to catch it at the right time when you head into the playoffs. And, and right now I think like we have a great record. Guys are playing better. They're kind of figuring out, especially on defense. As you see guys like we're, you know, we're talking about show up a little bit more every week Mm -hmm. and offensively, you know all the weapons that you have, and now there's like we'll talk about it in the trench warfare. So there's some hiccups that you have to figure out, but you know on par, we're scoring points. Aaron's playing at a really really high level. Aaron Jones is playing at a really really high level. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver, and we got a lot. I mean, we have like you know champagne problems. So it, it's it's we're in a good situation here if you're a, if you're a Packers fan. Yeah, and uh, speaking about those, uh, like you said, you're still ascending, but you have those little valleys. And I think it's just, you know, it's the it's kind of the what the elephant in the room is coming in week eight. You know, we're coming up on week seven. You know, Packers six and one, and we uh, we're gonna talk about later uh, the Cardinals. You know, they they got them next, and they're seven and zero. So we come to that midseason kind of lull. And because I noticed when I was at the game, you know, Matt Lafleur was like trying to hype up the crowd, and he was doing it as the, as, as as a coaching would do. He was doing it when our deep, when the Packers defense was on the field and the and Washington team was in the red zone. So every time they got in that position, they actually had the camera pan out off a of mat and he's, you know, raising his hands, you know, telling the crowd to get up, get loud and stuff. Because obviously that is a from a coaching standpoint, obviously you wanna you wanna use the crowd especially in that position for your defense, but then also for your players, you know, you get that mid-season lull. There's some players, you know, rookies, for example, they hit that wall. They start hitting that wall sometimes around this time because this time in college for them, they were getting, you know, 
wrapping up their season and getting ready for bowl, uh, not bowl games, but uh, conference championship games, which is here at the end of November and November's next week. So those players energy is starting to waver a little bit. So from a player standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, you take notice, you know, you got to do certain things, not only like what Matt was doing in the game, but definitely in practice in film, you know, do something goofy, do something funny to keep everybody's attention. Cause they're starting to get, you know, bored because you've been at training camp for almost two months now. Now you've been beating getting beat up by teams around the NFL for a month now. So you're trying to get, you know, go across. That's why I say it's not a race, it's a marathon. You know, it's not like a hundred meters, it's more like that, that Boston, New York marathon right there, getting your mind, keeping your mind and your body in position to play at a high level for a long time. Yeah. You're absolutely I I'm really nothing to add except for uh I, the one play I, I just really like it's like Ron Rivera and that team. I want to root for him, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. I think Ron Rivera is a fantastic kid. It's another one. And Heineke, like, I love the story. Like, how about when they did that, they, they did that in the reverse. And uh, yes, yep. the kid fumbles and the went out play, there. and damn, Heineke yeah. slides in. I mean, it's their 30 yards down the field. He's chasing the play. You're just like, I love that. I automatically, you know, I immediately, my thought was immediately like, I've seen Brett do that. Exactly. Right? I was it's, like, oh, man, I love this kid. This like, this guy's great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you see they're, the? Uh, they're going to they be TV. A, what's that? Yeah, the TV. It had the TV cut up, uh, and they did, and they said it in the stadium that he grew up was a Brett Favre fan, and that's why he oh, wore really? number. That's why he wore number four. So yeah, he was living out. He's living out his dream right now. And uh, I like that dude. That I, I like that yeah. team. I, that team is. They've got some really really good players. Um, they're a couple they guys do. away. And, but I, you know, when you look at like you look around the league, that's that's kind of how it is right now. There's like. You know, you call them the blue bloods of of the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. There's there's mm-hmm. you know, five or six teams. You're just like, okay, they're they're kind of a step ahead. Like if this was college football, they'd be they'd be the only you know five or six you're talking about to win the championship. Yep. And then yep. there's kind of everybody else right now. And and uh, there's there's a little bit on the fringe as far as where does Cincinnati lie, where does Baltimore lie, blah blah, you know, mm-hmm. all those things. But there's a couple really, especially in the NFC, there's some really really solid teams. And then there's just kind of everybody else fighting for position. That's right. Fighting for, for position, trying to find themselves. Yeah. And when you when you mention those blue blood players, those are players that if you have enough on your team, other teams look at you like, oh man, that's a good team. You know, no just you know, they're not gonna trash talk you. They're not gonna give you no locker room um, word. They just be like, you know what? We gotta come. We gotta bring our lunch bells. Cause that team, we gonna we gotta strap them on, um, strap our helmet on tight. Cause they gonna bust it in the in the chest. In other words, so. With this week on a player of the game, I, I put down two players. I was thinking like an offensive defense, just to kind of because mm-hmm. because we've been they've been playing good, and it's kind of hard just to say, all right, this player here on offense, and not you know, and not leave out a defensive player as well. So I picked out, um, and y'all know you had, I think you had Aaron Rodgers last week. So for all my offensive side of the ball, it was mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, and uh, obviously for you know, a gameplay managing the game, knowing what he knows and seeing what he sees. He's a step ahead of a lot of quarterbacks other than you know, number 12 down in Tampa Bay. They're about on the same level. Um, but knowing when you got him in that backfield, you know, it, it, it gives you obviously a lot of confidence as a coach to call certain plays. Um, and what I like with Aaron, what he's doing this year, and he's, I think he's done it throughout his years. I mean, I, for the few years I was with him, he, when he runs the ball, he is usually when he runs the ball or he avoids the sack, you see a little smile on his face to the defender. You know, he kind of he's letting the defender know, hey, bro, you almost got me. You know, <laughs> you know, these are good moves. You got in there quick. You surprised. You know, he gives that kind of like an older respect. At least I hope that's what he's doing it for. It's like, yeah, you you about blew me up. I'm glad I got out of there because <laughs> you were coming down, hunkering down on me. But overall, you know, played a good game, you know, no interceptions. And that's something I, that I've seen since his rookie year. He does not throw the ball to the other team. He gives it 
he's either incomplete, a sack, or to his receiver. So he continues to do that. And then we talk about him already, Rashard Gary, a guy now that's becoming, that's going to become a problem for a lot of offensive linemen in the um, AFC North and then the teams on the rest of the schedule that are not in the division or in the conference because he is coming up with his game plan as a player, kind of like that goal sheet. I, I know that you, for you, yourself, Mike, you had or your goal, your personal goal sheet, what you wanted to do as a guard for every mm-hmm. game. Cause I had my personal goal sheet, what I wanted to do as a running back. And now he's, he's understanding what that goal sheet is. It looks, it looks like he's understanding that and he's bringing it and he's bringing it to fruition by coming out and making good plays and, and then changing the DV, you know, changing uh, offensive uh, game plan to pretty much where he could sometimes shut it down and slow it or slow it down. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't argue with either one of those. Aaron Rodgers is kind of like the MVP conversation when Michael Jordan was playing in the NBA. Right. Like he, he could be, he could be the MVP of every game. Um, and Gary, I think Gary is, I think he's four or five plays a game. Like when I watch the entire tape, mm-hmm. he's like four or five rushes a game from being a game plan player, like a Von Miller player, like a guy that you're yeah. like, we got it. We have to game plan for wherever he's at. Right. And right. he's not at like, you know, JJ Watts level in his prime, or he's not that yet, but he's got that ability. He's got to get a little better with his hands and where his hand placement is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's got to stop. This is kind of a, like the way I see the NFL, the way it's evolved. Now, one of the things that's really evolved is offensive tackles don't set the way they used to because the pocket has changed. Like we talked about right. before, because the quarterbacks are deeper now. So it's almost like it's a wall a little bit more than like a real cup. You, like you said. Yeah. So, so what, when he, when a guy like that is trying to, again, like he's in a two point stance, he doesn't really have a great bounce off the line mm. because he's never crouched in a position to go. He's cause he's always got, he's got this stance. that's kind of like, am I supposed to play the run? Am I supposed to play the pass? So his right. first step isn't the fastest in the world. It could be faster. Like he could train himself to be faster from a technical standpoint. Yep. But so when he tries to use like speed moves or run the cup especially with a guy like Heineke who's the first thing he's going to do is step forward like he's, he's not writing this game out to the back so mm-hmm. it's one of those deals where he's got guys beat but unless you really attack that high shoulder and dip and make it go, I mean, all of a sudden go flat or go right into the guy like he's winning most of his stuff speed to power ends up with a bullet or a stab and then rips underneath makes a play right mm-hmm. like that's how he's having success he needs to you know sometimes you sometimes you want to show it's almost like you want to show a guy something else but when you're showing a guy speed, you're at, at that position with the with the speed he's actually coming off the ball. And you're you're actually right. doing the tackle a, a favor, right? And it's almost for me, it's almost like you're wasting a play because that's a play you're really never going to get home on. Right. And so it's like there's there's four or five plays in the game where you're like, because he almost had three sacks, he did. or three more, right? Like he almost yeah. had plays. He should have had a holding call on Heineke's first run. Like he he's playing at a very very high level. But what happens is when you get to Von Miller, when you get to an Aaron Donald, when you mm-hmm. when you get back in the day with like John Randall, Warren Seven, guys, you know, right. the guys we used to have to deal with, Javon Curse, it turns into every single time, like you break the huddle and you look up and like he's standing over there, you're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> right? And he's, he's, he's like four or five snaps, I think, from getting there. Because if all of a sudden, like, I, you know, I know pro football focus had like, he's got these, this amount of pressures or something in this game, but right, like right. I, I watched the tape. I, I don't rely on, you know, PFF's kind of a no, nonsense me thing. I look but, at it myself. Check it but, out myself. But, they, but he is getting a lot of action and he's doing an extremely, uh, he's working at an extremely high rate. Again, I think if you just kind of be as efficient as possible, 
by just, you know, you like I used to tell like Cam Wake and I used to have this conversation while I worked down in Miami. Cam Wake yeah. is like all time pass rusher, man. Yeah, he's he a, has a very solid specific dude. solid, solid. He has a very specific way he lines up in his stance. He attacks you from a very specific angle, and he's got one move that's really, 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 really good. And if you try to sit on that move, he's gonna take that move and turn it into this counter, and that's it. And like we used to talk about it all the time, man. He's like, I don't need a lot of moves. I need to beat you really, I need to only beat you with this move. Like I only need, I need to be so much better than you at this thing than you are at playing mm-hmm. defense that I just need to win like five times a game, right? You say five yeah. times a game of those five times, quarterback doesn't get rid of it. You know, twice I get a hold of you. I get a sack, sack and a half, two sacks. Right. I'm a hall of famer, right? Like the math was yeah. pretty easy. Yeah. And a lot of times yeah. we're like, it's like Warren Sapp, man. Warren Sapp had a chop club rip. He literally didn't have anything else. Yeah. He had a little speed. He had a little speed outside of that. No, it's not that. Well, okay. So he has physical traits. Like he's good. But like after the chop club rip, like he didn't really have any, he could do like a a hand swipe inside stuff. But that wasn't like, you know, if you looked up, you know, you go on Madden, you're like, oh, what's this guy's like best moves? Like Warren Sapp would have had like one move, chop club rip. Right. Right. Right? That was he was famous for. He had the best footwork in the league at the time for that. So you just have to understand. As, as a defensive player, when you're attacking an offensive lineman, like if you're challenging his leverage, if you're basically getting to him, if you're getting to your real estate spot before he is, you're getting him out of control, dude, yeah. eventually you're going to win. It's just a matter of time, right? It's just a question of whether the quarterback's going to get the ball off or not. And what yeah. we get into trouble sometimes is like we get to these, these, these line coaches or like somebody else like, hey, we can try this move, try this move, try this move. It's like, dude, get really good at one move and work, your, work all your combinations off that move. And then, like, you can evolve as time goes along. Yeah, because they – and when you say that, that, that brings me to the point of this. When a player is trying to adjust and they adjust, they are not ready for the, their, their counter move, like you said, with Wake. And that's beautiful. I mean, the way you said it with you and uh, Cameron having those conversations, that is the perfect way, not just for a defensive player, but I say defensive player because it's more, you know, tactical like that and it's more one-on-one defense alignment like that so when you have that in your head and you know it where you don't even have to think or breathe you barely breathe in and you do it that's when that you got a good player that's when you like this is a player that if we don't do this he's gonna he's gonna you know take over a game because as you say them by the numbers he gets you know so he said five times let's say five times he could I mean if he gets all there he gets there five times that's five sacks and that yep. changes the game <laughs> when one player has five sacks I mean you're talking about Darren Thomas stuff I remember watching him against Seattle and Dave Craig, even though the Chiefs won the game, you know, or I mean, even though Seattle won the game, he had like five, six sacks by himself. And it's just the defense backfield should have took notice, been like, okay, we still got to play defense back here. That's the way the Chiefs would have won that game. Um, but he did his job from a defensive line standpoint, going back in, uh, I say, NFL history right there. It was just uh, Is that that Monday night game? Is that the Monday night game? Uh, no, no, no. It was a it was a Sunday game. It was a, okay. I believe like a twelve o'clock or three o'clock kickoff. It was, it was a, but you search it up, and it's Derek Thomas' uh, career, like he led. It was a single game sacks total. Yeah, it's, it's, I think. Yeah, I think I, I might. I want to say it was like seven. It might have been seven. It was six or seven. It was but ridiculous. It's, like, it's I absurd, right? You're just going yeah. like, how does that even possible? But again, if you just break down the game into like the simplest component parts. Yeah, you micro. It's macro. It's macro. Right. Like, like what is how how are you going to beat me? Like it, it, how how is a mon green at 225 pounds gonna beat me at 295 pounds? You're not gonna right. go through me, right? right? But you would look at it and you go like, oh well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to get to his upfield shoulder 
before he can kind of get there in under control. Like I'm right. going to try to have a confrontation off my schedule. Like, so I'm off schedule. So yep. one of my feet are in the air. I've sat, I've stood up. I can't I'm, grab. I'm, I'm reaching back grab. too fast. Yep. I can't get, you know, you're just trying to get, like, I'm trying to do something in a rhythm. You're trying to do something in a rhythm. If yeah. you can get me off my rhythm, I've got problems, right? Yeah. It's really, it's that simple. And you just try to figure out like, okay, how do I get off rhythm? You know? And that's like, again, we just, we, we make this so difficult and there's all these, there's a million different moves you can use and all these hands. It's like, dude, all you got to do is get his feet messed up. If his feet messed up, he can't play ball. It's not really it's that right. hard. You know, yep. it's really not that hard a game. It is. It is. And you're right. I mean, people, and I say what it is, people don't hear us talk enough. They'll hear players talk enough about it because they hear the commentators out there in the world of a big, big uh, mass media that they they're thinking about it, not knowing about it like us players do. Um, so a uh, good point there. So real quick around the league, it was some good games as usual, some big upsets and just some eye opener games for a lot of teams. So right now, um, not now I'm going to go into a lot of details. I'm just going to say the score. And I did catch some of these games like the Buccaneers versus the Bears. Ugh. That got ugly fast. <laughs> I'll just say that it was just one of those games for Justin Fields and the Bears offense where when you, it would cut to him on the sidelines. I don't know if you watched the game, right, but he would just come to the sidelines, take his helmet off and just sit down and be like, when is this thing over? You could tell. Hopefully, he had five, I know five he, turnovers, right? The five right. turnovers. Five AG, turnovers. Can, I tell, can I tell you a quick sacks, story? Fumbles, inter interceptions. Yes. What's the story? So, so I think he had three fumbles and two picks, two picks, three fumbles, right? So right. when I was a, I was a quarterback in high school and I was a, like, when I say I was a quarterback, I was a marginal. You did I that very, too. Very I thought you, I thought you were a wide receiver slash tight end. You were quarterback. So, so I was so bad at quarterback that I moved to tight end my, my senior year. And then okay. when I went to college, I went to boot camp and there was no longer a tight end position. They switched to the, the option and I was 205 pounds. And they put me a blocking wide receiver for a year. But okay. when I was in, when I was in high school, I had a five turnover game and our, and our AP uh, physics teacher, John Arner, I, I was, you can imagine I was like a little bit of a mouth, mouthy guy. And John was like, John was like on our basketball, like he was on our men's league basketball team. Like he was, he was, he was as close to one of the boys as a teacher could be. So he right. would like every, every time we'd have like an AP physics test, he would, it, he would somehow work in my really poor performance, like everything and be like, all right, well, if the, uh, you know, if, if the London, if, if the Tim's in London is traveling at five kilometers an hour, Mike, you should get this question right. Cause you had five turnovers in the game last night. Like <laughs> that's, that's like when I saw that's Justin cold. Fields stat line, when I saw his stat right. line last night, I was like, Oh, that looked like me in high school. Like that, that, yeah, I got, I got fired for that stuff. <laughs> right. Oh my God. That's uh, I had teachers like that. I had coaches like that. They would always seem how to bring up your worst performance like thanks coach i appreciate that appreciate justin you justin fields is going to be a really good quarterback he will. Um, he will there's there's a lot of like we talked about it before and like you know what happens is you know they switch they switched play callers and all of a sudden it was good for one week so everybody's mm -hmm. doing feeling great and then defense starts making some plays they start you know they, they i think they won like you know two out of three or something like that and yep. then now it's like back to reality right the honeymoon's over where you you still like your problems don't your problems get masters always a revert to the mean with these teams like you got a little you got a little bump because i think they switched from matt Nagy to laser and play calling but now like mm. it's like you just you just regress back to the mean man it just is what it is they need better players and and those players need to be uh the demand for kind of technical mastery and details of the sport like need to be a little bit held to a little bit higher level i think yeah that's all and it's think about Peyton manning he he led the league with 28 touchdowns and 
Uh, yeah, twenty-eight touchdowns, twenty interceptions. So he had a one-to-one, a one-to-one ratio <laughs> there. And then so big upset between the Chiefs losing to the Tennessee Titans, twenty-seven to three. That was a gut punch. I say not even a gut punch. That was a punch in the face uh, by the Tennessee Titans defense more than anything. As we know, the hammer for their offensive side of the ball, uh, Derrick Henry, the league, leads, the league's right now most feared running back and probably most feared football player. Uh, running the ball uh, sure. is, is I, I call it child abuse. It doesn't even make sense. He's so big. <laughs> he's so big and fast. And it's like, that is legal. That is, oh, that's not illegal. What he does with the ball and with his stiff arms. Um, and uh, with that, the defense though, you know, Mike Braver will be in the court, you know, the player as we knew him. And now as the coach, which doesn't surprise me and for definitely not you having a solid defense, stout defensive line front, you saw them bring it to the chiefs. And now, you know, I, talking about the Chiefs real quick, I know, I think the, I think the every side, the, the cards are out. Everybody knows the deal in terms of they're learning by watching other defenses, and this game would be one of them uh, how to defend against them. You know, they're still a team you got to respect because obviously being healthy, they're a little beat up, and mentally right now they're definitely beat up. But when they're hitting on all cylinders, they're still a team you got to respect. But now they, it, there is a way to. You know, you got to find that one or two plays in that in this game against the Chiefs that you could get that win. Because at first, up to these prior years, up until this year, it was more of an anomaly. I was like, how do we stop these guys? They got speed everywhere. Defense was a lot better in the last couple of years until now. Defense, their defense is definitely struggling in a lot of aspects. So they they got to answer those questions and fix those problems. Because if not, they're going to have a it's going to be a big question mark. Even if they get through, uh, I say the the AFC West and then obviously trying to win that or even get to the playoffs this season. Yeah, it's gonna be tough for them, and and it's funny. Patrick Mahomes has made so many amazing plays, and I, I think he's maybe the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. But he does make a lot of plays where you're like, ah, that was, you know, traditionally, and he's not a traditional right. quarterback. But traditionally, you go, ah, I don't know if that was the play I would have tried, right? And but it's always worked out. Like Tyree Kill has like a 48 inch vertical and jumps up and grabs it. Kelsey's unbelievable. I mean, he's got so many weapons. It, it just works. And Correct. right now you go through these spells for whatever reason that it, it doesn't work. You know, it's sometimes like those yeah. passes, they get picked, like it happens. And right now it just seems to be happening all at once. Like he enjoyed like four years of this never happening. Right. And now like all the karma is like coming back right on him and they'll yeah. fix it, man. Andy Reid's a great coach. They will. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to get healthy. Frank Clark's coming back and, or D Ford's coming back playing well for him. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they have weapons, you know, moving Chris Jones to the D end, I thought was a mistake yeah, um, he's early, early in the he's season. Strong, yeah. Man. Cause he was so disruptive against guards and it's like, it's almost like he's too far away out there. So they're going to be there in the end. I, I just can't imagine them not being there in the end. They just have too much talent. They have too much character leadership and they've just been there so many times now that, you know, I don't think there's a sense of complacency there at all. It just seems like sometimes you, sometimes you hit this rep, man. We did this in 2000, I think like 2004 where you're like, dude, we're like one and four to start the season. And like, right. we knew oh, we were good. Oh, four, oh, three. Yeah. I yeah. It was oh, three, oh, four. It's like, you know, yeah. you're a good team and just you know, wake people up. are coming up to you asking questions. You're like, don't worry. Like it's going to happen. We, we know it's going to happen. Like we're better than this, but. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it, yeah, they definitely got definitely high. I say more firepower in the past game than we did, but yeah, one of those teams that uh, when they get it right, you know, when it's his injuries, when, you know, Frank gets back and Chris Jones goes back to his natural position or say a position he's better at, then, yeah, you're going to see that defense and that offense that they we've seen in the past three, four years. So, and then uh, Patriots, 
win big against the Jets and they have injury loss with the young quarterback going out when they, they beat them 54 to 13. That looked like a college football score. That's and, terrible. And so did the Bengals and the Ravens, another college football score, 41. The Bengals scored to Ravens 17. And so in both games, you got young quarterbacks there. Um, yeah, Matt Jones is just – is. I say, I gotta say, very impressive of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he's staying with his. And I believe he's staying with what he is comfortable doing. And that's how they're coaching him in New England. They're saying, look, um, and I know I mentioned this before on another show. They're, they're, you know, Bill Belichick, um, and McDaniel's. They're just saying we're, they're coaching him what he knows, what he learned at Alabama, what he learned at the high school level of being a fundamentally sound quarterback. You know, being smart with the ball and being a leader out there on that football field in the huddle and when he comes to the sideline. And he's and he's and and that's what that and that's his task. And he know he could do all them three or four or five tasks every game that everybody else is going to do their job, offensive line, the run game, the receivers, the defense, um, defense line and then linebackers in the in the back half. They do their jobs and they're going to be in there and they're in a good position right now in the AFC uh, East right now. They're doing good playing hard football. Bill Belichick, do your job, right? That's his man. That's it. Just do your job. He, he he coaches him up to do his job. He, the guy's doing phenomenal. The one the one, th- the one game we don't we hadn't talked about is uh Detroit, man. Detroit looked like they're actually gonna win a game yesterday. Right. Run out all the stops early in the game, onside kicks, fake punt. You know, they had it, it's it's coming. You feel what yeah, but you, it's like I, you know, I, I I sat there and I watched that and you see, okay, we're pulling out all these stops and you got nothing to lose. And I just don't know, like, I, I commend them, right? Mm-hmm. But also, now that we lost, it's like, what message does that say? I just don't know how you deal with that locker room with, okay, we're literally trying trick plays. We're doing all this, not, you know, we're doing all this stuff. Like, we put right. all the stops, and it wasn't good enough. It's like, man, that's, it's just, that's tough. I think that's tough to manage. It From is. a coaching standpoint, it'd be interesting to see how they manage that. Because, you know, it, this would be that game where after this game, you could see them just tank, right? Because they threw everything at this game. They put everything they had into it. They had play. They had, I mean, not only talk about golf, but you talk about uh, Brockers coming back, who I thought, I think he was a team captain for the last three years for the Rams. Mm-hmm. It was, he was coming back yeah, trying to play those guys. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's legit. And so you have these guys who are leaders in your locker room and you pull out all the stops to try to help them get this, get this big win. And then it doesn't happen, man. That's just, that's where the bottom falls out sometimes. So it's, it's, the coaching job for for DC up there and, and the rest of the rest of the guys who we're all rooting for as former players, like yes. it's really the next like four weeks, it's really gonna show. Yeah, it's gonna four weeks to show. And then obviously it's a time thing too, with the way the organization has been for so long, mm-hmm. just the culture inside and out. But it's starting from the inside out where you know Dan Campbell and that and his coaching staff and those players, they're there, like you said, one more, one more bad game, bad loss, or all effort game and they still come out a loser, it, it might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then uh and then moving on to the Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, it was just another surprising score. Uh with seeing the Bengals, I think were they in Baltimore? I didn't I just can't remember that. Were they in Baltimore? Yep. Were they in uh I believe so. They were in so they went into Baltimore and put uh, 41 points on the board. And it's a, to me that's impressive because Baltimore over the last few years, a very um, stout defense doesn't really give up a whole lot of plays unless they're playing against the Chiefs uh, <laughs> or something like that. Um, and then later, earlier this year, it started this year with the Las Vegas Raiders when that, they had that shootout for overtime. But uh, another team that 
if you have the right players and you have the right talent defensively, you can match up and you can slow these guys down a lot and stop them. And that's what we saw here with the Bengals defense. Their their defense has been, you know, the all year. Part of the reason that they're winning, I mean, along with Joe Burrow, his college teammate Chase doing big things with the ball there offensively. But that defense there got young DBs, hungry DBs, and a hungry, I say overall hungry defense that's ready to make a statement. I think that right here is one of those statement games for the Bengals offense and the defense. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're playing at a high level. Um, and everybody's talking about them for the first time. For the first yeah. time in, in, in years. Everybody's talking about the Bengals. Long time. Talking about Jamar Chase, but like you said – what they got going on defense from the, from the acquisitions they picked up, the boys from the Saints, the guy that DN's playing so well, I forgot his name right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 91, he's, he's playing at a super high level. He was kind of like everyone thought he was a product of the environment, but the kid can flat out play. He keeps making, uh, he keeps making uh, some big play sacks, pressures in, in, these, in the passing game. And it's amazing what happens when you infuse, like, you know, you have these years of, of being bad. So you get these high draft picks, you get mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, and now you get Joe and. So your, your team has talent and it's like, you need that spark. And it's so interesting what's happened with the fact that Burrow and Jamar Chase are ex-teammates, the rapport that they have. It's not just the chemistry they have, but it's like when you get it, when they're mic'd up, like the way they talk to each other, like they already, Joe Burrow said it last yesterday. They're like worried about the Ravens. He's like, why am I worried about the Ravens? He goes, I played in the SEC. That's way louder than an NFL stadium. Like he is not dude. The dude showed up in like a green velvet suit. Like he is not give two what's about any of this. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. just, it's just, and they just needed that guy. Who's just like, you know what? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. You want to be good with me? I'm good. Right. right. You know, they just needed that. They never had that guy. That's you can just tell they didn't have that from a coaching staff. They didn't have that from a player standpoint. And they have that guy now at the most crucial position who just does not care at all about what you're doing. He, he's all about, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to be good. You bring in my boy from LSU. Right. Oh, now you there all we, got real problems. Here we go. Um, yeah. and, and it goes back to the fact that, you know, his family, you know, you go with his dad and just being in football since he was a kid and around football, professional athletes, college athletes, you know, University of Nebraska, I think that's where his dad was at, but then just bouncing around every year. So that helps with the growth of a young athlete that understands being humble, being confident, but then also putting in that hard work as he did through his years, even though he did the transfer portal thing, um, going from, uh, where was he at, Georgia somewhere? Or was that, mm-hmm. uh, he was somewhere. He was at Ohio State, right? Yeah, LSU. Ohio, you know, yeah, he was at Ohio State. He ended up at yeah. LSU to get a better chance to play, which is something that yeah, we, that's, that's totally new to us. The, the TP, right there. Transfer portal's and crazy, it's like, man. It, it's yeah. interesting. So, all right, we get into your uh, neck of the woods here. Yeah. Trench warfare time. So I know you're ready for this. So I'll let you hand it off to you. Yeah, ahead, the, I, the, I think the biggest thing you have to understand, we talked about it a little bit before, is, you know, when you're watching as a fan, I, I had so many people hit me on Twitter and text me up like, oh, man, the Packers offensive line is getting killed in the, front, in the first half, right? And right. people get exposed all the time. Like, it's harder to pass block than to pass rush, right? People get yes, exposed wait. all the time. But most of the time, QB gets rid of the ball. It's a faster cadence. They're, missing, they're, you know, they're taking the quarterback off the spot. And I thought yesterday on both sides of the ball, plays took a little bit of time to develop, whether that's mm-hmm. on Aaron's side, which plays take they're, they're running deeper routes, or on Heineke's side, like maybe he's not as comfortable making the read, so it slows down a little bit. Right. You know? But yeah. I would say Washington came to play. Um, and we talked about it before, like in the run game, there were more single blocks happening than double teams that in, in, than in recent in, in recent weeks. And that's probably one of the reasons why you didn't see the production or the numbers or the attempts from, from the running back core, right? right. They're crowding the box, they're crowding the line of sc- scrimmage. 
Um, certainly a lot more than the experts thought we talked about what most teams have been doing to Devonte Adams is like, they've been trying to play like box, like box and one, the bracket coverage, everything. Our bracket coverage, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, they played physical when you're that bad for that long, you have good players up front. Jonathan yeah. Allen, first round draft pick, Alabama, Chase Young, the, the guy from Ohio state, right? <laughs> right. Right. Montez, Montez sweat, dude. He is so I, people at home, you don't understand how tough that man is to block. He's like six five. His arm, his wingspan. He must. He's like Shaq's wingspan, dude. That's like seven he feet, spun bro. Billy. I saw that bit. I saw he, this. He literally <laughs> spun him around, and it was just because like you sit, and all of a sudden he can reach out and hit your shoulder before you even know what happened. Like he and he got. I mean, he he could have had. He's a guy. He could have had five sacks yesterday. You know, because pushing, pushing, knocking Aaron over through the tackle, through the guard on different, you know, I mean, they were mm-hmm. just, they're just a really, really good team. Um, we had some miscommunications, but you have these situations. Uh, if we're talking about the Packers offensive line, right. you have right. young players and they're, you know, whether it's, whether they're running a TE and bringing a guy through the A gap, right? Like an extra man, mm-hmm. whether they're running TT games and, and just like, you know, like Patrick just flat out gets beat. One time on, on early in the game on a sack from Allen, like he just flat like yeah. the guy crosses his face, and yeah, are you expecting uh, Runyon to, to be there and give a hand? I you know I don't know what the protection is. You, you hope he'd, he'd get over yeah. there and have a little more awareness, but you also can't get beat that bad. I mean those things happen, yeah. but the difference between I guess my point is like the difference between success and failure a lot of times is like these half steps, fractional you know fractions of a second, and those yesterday showed up in in enough times where it was like. We we're playing the law of averages, and, and, and you're going to get you're going to give up a couple sacks, a couple of hips. Um, yeah. But you know, overall, you see what happens later in the game. Ball's getting out of the hands a little bit faster. Um, we get into positions where you know it's not as obvious. We're going to get it's not like a passing formation. We can do a little more play action pass, or at least have the allure of like with the motion or where the backs lined up. We can kind of get the allure of maybe it's a play action or it's mm-hmm. an RPO, and. Yeah. Then the game changes a little bit because you're you're winning on your secondary rush, right? Yeah. You just don't want to lose on your on that first rush. If you if you're losing on your second or third move on the defensive second or third move, then usually the ball's going to get out. You don't yeah. like we don't identify those as problems until you got to look a little bit deeper into the film. But I, I was really impressed with kind of the way that they played. Uh, defense uh, from a defensive line standpoint against our guys. I thought they were just a really good player. Again, Sweat's Sweat's a top, top player. Um, I think John Allen's going to be a great player in this league as well. And the biggest thing in in the run game that that we didn't talk about is, you know, we are lucky to have Mercedes Lewis. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the last 10 years. You know, 20. he's one of the best in the last 20, 20, 30 years. But, you know, in the last 10 years, he's been probably the top dog. Yep. You like him a lot. The problem is, you want to put that Tunyon kid in the game because he's such a good receiver. Yeah. I think he just, and I don't believe in PFF grades or anything, but I know he just ranked as like the worst guy blocking, blocking. tight end in the league or something like that. Uh-huh. And he's, he's such, well, the problem is he's such a liability that like, you know, they're flaring him out to the left when they're running to the right. Like they're just basically, right. he won't even do, they put 81 in to run the wham. Like he, he's not, He's not reliable enough to have him in the game for these situations. So it's almost like you've Mm -hmm. been in the situation before uh, as well as I have, when you've got a player that's like Jimmy Graham, 
If you want, if you want Jimmy he Graham, didn't want to, in the game, he didn't you better not run the ball, bro, because he ain't gonna run it. He's not <laughs> exactly. blocking. He's not. Well, we knew Jimmy Graham didn't want to block. It was obvious. I seen him yeah. in Seattle and Saint, and when he was with the Saints, he did not. We already knew it was. He made it known by his body mechanics that he was not gonna block in the run game. Now he's gonna get open. Yeah. He, he fly that. He throw that hand. Oh, I'm open here. But when you got to do this, lock on the DN. He, he didn't want none of that. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's the, and that's where you that's where you run into problems now is now you have eighty one seen a lot of t- uh, time Mercedes mm-hmm. got some passes yesterday, but you know Tunyon's got a touchdown, he's got another big play in the pass game. He's a he is it's unfortunate that he is not a better blocker because it yeah. it really limits us on offense much more so than I think honestly any other position on the field right now. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the limiting factor that is, is not allowing us to do what we want against good teams with good defensive linemen, good defensive mm-hmm. ends. Remember, Montez Sweat and Chase Young are not on every team, right? No. Yeah, it's, Chase, Chase Young is I, Chase Young is is a guy who's who's searching for the camera, but you know a little bit. But little bit, he yeah. is very very athletic. He is very good off the ball. He's got great leverage. He's strong. Excellent in the run game. Probably a better run game defender than a pass game uh, defender at this point. And then and so, most, by most defensive ends, uh, his age, they, he's doing a lot, of, a good job there too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's it's just you know what the it's the cards you're dealt right now. It's what you have to play with. Yeah. So uh, to your to add on your point, then we get on to the next segment here is that when you have Tunyon in there, defenses know. Oh, he's not blocking. They know right away. They come. They're in their defensive huddle. They see personnel come in from the offensive uh sideline they're like oh here comes 85 okay good we're good <laughs> you know and you don't want a defender to say that and i hear you say that because i mean i, I get when you say that because then when you have some play like you said that's a liability just like i said the defensive players now linebackers d linemen are like oh if they're running the ball it's game over we won they already know they won pre-snap knowing that he's just in the game so you gotta for tunyon in his head he got to basically flick the switch and say, all right, I got to block. I'm going to get my butt kicked, but I'm at least be technically sound and making sure my guy doesn't make the tackle. If he could just start there first, then he'll have opportunity to become yeah. that versatile, I mean, versatile player, excuse me, versatile player as a Mercedes Lewis right now, because he's doing that. So when Mercedes in, they don't really know because they know he's a run blocker, but he's been able to catch a few passes here, keeping the defense honest. They just don't know well, when Mercedes in, they're going to run the ball. He's not running a route. He's actually catch or caught a few routes game by game to keep that defense alert and keeping them honest. So, um, hope Matt, Matt, Matt Fleur and uh, Hackett keeps doing that in terms of the play call. But one of our favorite sub segments coming up here: get off my line. Get off my line. I just cut that grass. Don't even think about stepping on it. <laughs> and you, you and right now I'm a, I'm a piggyback on you here because some of this I couldn't I, I didn't have not one this weekend. I was busy with it doing a lot of things watching the game and all that stuff so i'll let you start it off as well again so let's tell them i mean i heard about this watching the couple games i did you know pay attention to i did hear something about the tight end position it was actually like you, you you'll say it I'm not yeah gonna it's, it's it was it. national not... tight end day yesterday right but like right. kittles hurt um god who else was hurt there's another great player that was hurt oh uh, tight end just, kelsey. It, kelsey it was kelsey yeah yeah and, and he's going and just piggybacking off of what we just talked about, Tanya. Right. We need a new name for the tight end position, man. Like if because here's what they said. Like Greg Olson, the retired Bears and Panthers, great. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He was he was in on the national tight end day and they tight end university and everything. He's like, 
we block like linemen and we catch side wide receivers. Okay. Okay. If, so fair enough. Right. But fair if enough. Lazard is a better blocker than you, you're not a tight end anymore, man. You need a new, like we need to name that a new position. You're a big old wide receiver or something like it's, it's not, it's national tight end day. And we're celebrating. Oh, we're, we're celebrating touchdowns like ESPN. They're talking about, oh, he caught this many passes, touchdowns, this, this, this. this. Dude, what happened to the blocking, man? I thought, like, otherwise, right. you're just a wide receiver. Right, right. Like, we, it's, it's so fun because there's not – the stats are different, right? Like, I get it. But it's like, man, we need a new it's, – it's the whole – it's, it's – it's, I, I feel like – I feel like since Jimmy Graham got in the league, like, I feel like he was the first one. Well, I know, like, Tony Gonzalez wasn't that – he blocked me. He wasn't, like, a Antonio Gates. But Antonio right. Gates could jack you Sterling up. Sterling Sharp was probably the first, first one. Yeah. yeah, but you, but you, th- but Sterling Sharp could block, dude. He like block. he could yeah. receive, but he could block. Like yeah. he was. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like he could stretch the defense in, in a way that most guys couldn't. But I'm talking about guys who just were like, "Oh, sorry, I'm a basketball player. Like I don't block, right? <laughs> well, you know I'm what I mean? Post up. Yeah, I'm gonna just. Yeah, post yeah. Up he's here. like, like that changed the position, and so now it's like let's just call it something else, dude. Because if I was a defense, like we just talked about, like I would never, right. I wouldn't put it. Like, dude, I'm not putting another linebacker in there for what? I would do block you with a cornerback, bro. Right, exactly. Yeah, man. So, like, I mean, I just that I missed that part of the game. Like, we had Bubba. You know, we had I I, I got to play with some some really good guys, but I also played with like Wesley Walls, who was like an all time leaving tight end. But dude, he wasn't about blocking. Like, you asked him about blocking, he get his southern his southern bumpkin boys and be like, "Well, I guess I'll give it my best shot." But uh, and you know what that meant? Yeah, yeah, it's rap city, man. (laughs) That means you better pay attention as an old line. I'm gonna give him my best shot. Okay, Wesley, I got you. That means I'm helping on 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take, I don't. Okay, I don't understand this one. Air traffic. Oh, okay. Control. So here's all. Here's here's the deal, right? Like I'm in Denver uh, okay. yesterday trying to trying to catch a flight, and they okay. delay my flight. Okay. Oh, oh. And so I get on. I get on. The, I finally get on the plane. It's like an hour and a half delayed, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, sorry, we just had an air traffic control problem." And I'm like. What kind of problem could you possibly have with air traffic? You control? think I'm thinking die hard. I'm like, thinking die hard right now. They didn't take over. Yeah, the that's what I'm saying. Like, tell me an armrest is broken. Tell me the bathroom's out. Tell me you need to get some more food. Air traffic control has a has a situation. Yeah, that's like you don't ever use the word situation with air traffic control, right? Oh. Air traffic control is having a situation. I'm like, okay, I'll get off the plane. Like, I, I don't need to be on the air. If you guys aren't figuring out what's going on. So we were late and we get, you know, we we show up late. <laughs> And they they keep uh, it was air traffic control like Southwest is like trying to blame air traffic control. I was like Southwest, right. bro, you just you bailed on like fifteen hundred flights last weekend. Like, don't even give me this nonsense, man. Get off my lawn. Oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's like the first thing when you say that when I read it and then when you explain it, it just I think of Die Hard Part Two, John McClane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a situation. Yeah, that's a situation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, that's, that's a situation, man. Don't use the word situation. Air air if I'm in an airplane, if I'm in a flying missile, you go ahead and just use something else. Exactly. Got All right. Right. Exactly. And I watched this game last night with you, and so you yeah, didn't you like know. the white pants. You didn't like. Well, the white you pants, know right? how what I'm thinking here, right? Because we're I was plus sized, right? And so right. when you look like you stuffed 100 pounds of gravel in a in, in a 50 pound bag, right? And then it's a white bag. And you put water all over it, man. This is look good, yeah. I, I just felt bad for the offensive line because that you know that you you see like the jock strap strap under the butt cheek, and right. you see like the blue pants. It's it's just a bad look when you have to wear white pants in a wet stadium, man. It's got to get rid of that. Yeah, that, that's not good. They're almost transparent, dang there. They almost you can see through. Um, it's a bad. Have, it's just a it's, bad look. I, it's I mean, a bad. I, it's a bad look. Yeah. We we have we have guys that we know that have have had accidents 
I was thinking the same right? thing. In, in, in the, in the yes. yellow pants. Yes. And you're just going, if it would have been white, man, my whole life probably be different. Like oh, one of those oh. guys, oh, one of those guys showed up with white pants and they had a, uh, you know, they got hit so hard. They knocked the, you know, you know what out of them. Oh, cause yeah, that exactly. actually happens. People think that doesn't happen. Oh, it happens. That actually happens. So if you're wearing all white, man, that's, a, that's just, uh, that's tough. Get off my yeah. lawn with that. We don't need those white pants, bro. Yeah. And then the last one here, quarterback expectations from these experts. And I can imagine where this is coming from because yeah, when I hear quarterback talk amongst the ESPN, CBS, Fox sports analysts, though, especially the ones that are not, that didn't spend time on the football field, other than, you know, that's just, it drives me nuts. So let me hear what yeah. you got to say about that. No, I, I just feel the same way, man. It's like, it's, Chicago Bears is probably the easiest way to talk about. They go from, okay, we drafted the future. Yeah. Get rid of Andy Dalton. Okay, Andy Dalton got paid to you know, punch. We got to play him. Okay, we got to put him out and he's not ready, blah, blah, blah. And now he has this, you know, five turnover game. And it's like half the group is trying to figure out, half the group is saying like, okay, he sucks forever. And then the other side is like, well, you know, their offensive line's bad. Everybody's, you know, everybody around him's no good, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, Troy Aikman went one in 15 his first year. Right. Peyton Manning, would you say, like led the league in, in turnovers? Yeah, 20, he had 28 year. interceptions and 28 touchdowns. His our rookie year in 1998. I've never, I mean, you can't forget that. Yeah. I mean, you see all these guys. Tom Brady didn't play his first year. Brett Favre was exactly. backing up in Atlanta. Brett Favre's like claimed to fame years. in Atlanta. Brett Favre's claim to fame in Atlanta was that he could throw a ball in pregame up to the, like the third level because his arm was so strong. Of the, of the dome. Yeah. It was like, yeah. that was literally, he was making Jerry Hab was like doing parlor tricks for those guys. Like, you, yeah. it's Aaron Rodgers, right? It's it's unnatural to have these expectations for these guys or pass judgment on them after right. this short of a sample size. We're eight, and I know that people got a lot of you know. You just have too much time. We have twenty four hour news cycle. Too much time to talk about stuff. But it's like, yep, I get it. But I just it's so for me like especially like we got kids, kids that are athletes. Mm-hmm. You're like, dude, the ex the burden of expectations that you put on these kids. And then, like, wh- whether or not, like, oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't hear it, or, bro, you hear it. Like, yes. you don't have social media, somebody else telling you about it. Your boy from high school exactly. talking to you about it. Your mom talking to you. It's like, you hear, it. you don't need it. I know it's part of the job, but it's like, man, I just wish. It's almost like you know how the Twitter's got like check marks. Yeah, like, I'm you verified. Whatever. It's like, yeah. you wish you could have like some sort of like verified. I know what the hell I'm talking about, Mark. Like, I don't know, like, there's like a, like a, like a certification, like a certification for like the National Football League, dude, is like, like there's a no, like a no bullshit detector. And like, you get it, you get the, the NBS, you get the NBS check mark, dude, if you know what the hell you're talking about. Cause some of these guys, I, man, it's nuts. I 100% agree. We need to create that. We need to create that. So when somebody starts talking in a microphone or when their name pops up on the screen, it, if it doesn't have that blue check mark, you just could pass it off as hearsay, you know, for all these analysts. For all the analysts and the ones that there are players that understand it, and some even though even every player may not know, the ones that do though, you know who they are. You know, we're not. I'm not naming names. Just saying, you know, when they talking about it could be. It's not even quarterback. Sometimes it's a offensive line and defensive line, but obviously quarterback gets talked about more because obviously it's the premier position in NFL. So you hear more about quarterbacks, whatever team. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, I agree with the expectations because uh, I mean, once you hear it from uh, ESPN or CBS, yeah, and if you don't watch that, like you said, social media, YouTube, 
uh, they're, they're commentating on something about how good or bad or somebody's not there yet. And then making a, almost an ultimatum choice on saying, okay, this, the season's over, you know, Justin Fields can't do this. And it's like, wait a minute, time out. Do you, if you if you're a sports fan, look at all the greats in the sport of football, baseball, basketball, I say the four more, you know, four core ones, those there, and look at how they were their rookie year. There's very, you could say it's about a handful that came out. I say the only one, I say one that jumps off top of my head that you could say from the start to finish, he was unbelievable. Barry Sanders right now in our game. From start to finish, he was one player I could say that you can, if you said something bad about him, it was almost like, I just need to slap you. I just need to, what are you talking about? Because he, he, he was humble. He didn't trash talk. He just went out there and did his job on a daily. And I'm pretty sure there's there's wide receivers that are like that. There's the O-line, D-line, linebacker. There was that one player that, you know, Matt, no matter what, they showed up. If it was a coaching problem, they, they played good. If it was if they were winning a Super Bowl, they played they played the same no matter, you know, who was around them as teammates and what type of staff or GM coached the team. That player was there 100%. I mean, and that's it for me. Like I said, he's the one player that jumps over my head. So for all the analysts that break down Justin Fields, that break down uh, Trey Lance, that break down any young quarterback, it's like these guys are, they're in the first stage of development trying to learn how to build a rocket ship pretty much. (laughs) That's, dude, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. I mean, that's because it it, it is that kind of like the, the level of complexity that's happening in real time. And it's not just complexity. Like people don't think about it as complexity because it's not a math problem, but it's like, there's, there was this great article about three years ago that was talking about how elite level athletes are kind of akin to a, they have genius level intelligence, not because they're genius level at math or what, you know, science, but the way that they're able Mm -hmm. to, the way that their brains process information and turn it into action and action that you can, you can visibly see through Mm -hmm. physical action is remarkable. Like absolutely remarkable. Like the 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 time lag between like scenes that were like read and react or anything like that, like that. Right. And then the ability and the and the nuance and, and the and the precision that they can move their bodies with. Like it is ab- I mean, these people are just elite level humans, not just athletes, but elite level humans from just yeah. from a, a brain perspective. And so what we need to we've fallen into this trap because there's so much information with analytics and like, Correct. you know, stats like Matt LaFleur, actually, I think, I think he's the one that said it a couple weeks ago. He's like, I can kind of make stats tell me whatever I want. Right. we got to figure out why things are happening. And I think mm-hmm. that was, I think that was coach LaFleur and, and he's absolutely right. Like, like something he would say. Yeah. It's like, you, you can, you can go ahead and like, I can, I can create a narrative, how, whatever I want. But the bottom line is like, we just need to understand. First of all, you, you draft a guy, you're committed to the guy. You got to do everything you can to make that guy as successful as possible. And what happens is it's like, here's what bothers me, right? Right now, everybody in, in the national football league will tell you there's nobody worth draft. There's no quarterback worth drafting as a number one pick next year to replace to a tongue of Iloa or just whoever, whoever you think is not doing well. Right. right? But like, then like Mel Kuyper will come up and be like, Mel will be like, I get, but, and he was honest. He's like, I guarantee that we'll find somebody like we'll create the narrative. Right. And we'll create that argument and we'll plant the seed and we'll talk about this player and we'll say all the strengths and he'll have a good pro day and he'll throw a tight spiral with nobody on him. And we will say, Oh, he's a surefire, the closest thing to Peyton Manning. I mean, they do it every, he's like, we do it every single year. So I'm don't think we're not going to do it again. I'm glad Mel Kuyper is, is admitting that. 
Thank God. I, I've never heard him say anything good about player, about us. <laughs> I'm glad he's admitting that truth about what he, him and probably a handful of other analysts out there from ESPN, from CBS that do what they do. Like you just mentioned, I'm glad he's uh, owned up to that. Thank you. Thank you. Man. That's one thing I will thank him on you know, for being honest. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. so yeah, that's why we're, Finish up the show. We're pretty much done with the show here, but the preview of next week's matchup. So, like I said, Thursday, I said at the top of the show, we got only a three-day rest. We got Thursday night football, Packers versus Cardinals down in, uh, what's that, Chandler, Arizona? That's yep. the stadium is at, that yep. thing. A big monster of a stadium. And it's a pretty good-looking stadium. Cool grass. That's nice. The grass kind of, it's on a conveyor belt. It kind of, like, almost slow pace in. It's pretty cool. And the Cardinals are 7-0. and Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, J.J. Watt. DeAndre Hopkins, um, it's just a slew of really good players that are now coming together under the coaching staff down there in Arizona. And so the Packers got to face a solid team, you know, matching up talent to talent, coaching to coaching level, very high. So this is going to be a definitely a, mid, a great midseason test for the Packers going down to Arizona to see where they really stand in this uh, NFC conference in terms of the playoff. So this would be an early preview of that, Mike, I believe, in, the, in this game coming up on Thursday. Yeah, for sure. And then you got to remember that the Cardinals played the Texans this weekend who have, have that Mills kid playing as a rookie quarterback. And, like, he's – obviously, we're talking apples and oranges almost at the quarterback position for who they play next. Usually what happens with right. these games is a lot of your game plan from the week before kind of rolls into the next week because they, the coaches just don't have time. Correct. And so depending on – no, I watched that 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 game uh, yesterday, the Cardinals, the Texans game, and what they're doing is they're bringing a ton of pressure from like the slot. They're bringing pressure, like mm. they'll leave a, they'll leave like um, you know if you've got like a two by two and they've got three overloaded to one side, they'll bring all three and they'll and they'll get the linebacker to cross cover on the other side, knowing that like Mills had already been like, okay, well that guy definitely can't come. We're gonna pick up that guy. You know what I mean? Right. It's just not even thinking about those players. Whereas with Aaron you can't do that. It's going to be a different kind of game. Now Chandler Jones, if he wasn't, he hasn't been healthy for two weeks. If he comes back, Chandler Jones is the guy that had five sacks on the one and company first week. JJ Watt had a bunch of plays yesterday. He's not, you know, JJ Watt is not only a guy who can get sacks, but his run ability, like the, his ability to beat people in the run game is prop to me has always been more impressive, more impressive than his pass rush. Um, He beats people at the guard position, beats people at the tackle position. Obviously, you know, beats the brakes off tight ends. They mm-hmm. have some really good players. They have some guys inside that can that can thump. Their two linebackers are um, really, really good. I think Simmons is like, I want to say he's like 6'5", 250. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. runs like he's a deer. A, he's like, he's a he's ridic- yeah, he he's, a he's ridiculous. Buddha, Buddha's the man, always has been since he he's came like out a, he's of like the Bellevue new honey high school, badger. bro. Yeah, he's like the yeah, new he's uh, like, honey he, badger. He's, he's been good since high school, man, and and – They've got a really good team. Their defense is going to put up some, you know, give us some some problems, I think. But hopefully yeah. just knowing who we have a quarterback that's going to take care of some of those issues. And then that Kyler Murray, it, it's like you almost – I don't know. I keep watching. I like wait for the shoe to fall off. Like, dude, this isn't going to work every week. And then you don't realize he's an elite-level passer. Yes. He's an elite-level passer. It's not just he's got feet, he's quick, he looks like he's running around like he's on – he looks like he's running a different speed than everybody else. Yeah. But he is an elite-level passer, man. He's special. Yeah, I was uh, traveling down to Dallas years ago visiting my daughters. They live down there. And uh, just walking through the airport, and one of the uh, one of the flight guys, uh, must have ticket agent, recognized me, and we started talking football. And this is right around Kyler 
I think his last year, Oklahoma, whatever that was, where he won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And this guy who I was talking to, he said, hey, I played high school football versus this guy for four years. And never once did we knew that we were going to win the game. <laughs> he, he, well, I'm like, because he said we grew up in the same town. So from the time he started playing Little League baseball and he started playing football, if we knew, if you you just try to hope to get on his team. Because everywhere oh, sure. he every level he played on, he said, Amon, he said, Amon, he won a championship from Little League baseball, Little League football, all the way through till he got to high school, won state three or four times, and, you know, did what he did at Oklahoma, got the Heisman. He said, so there's nothing not really going to change, you know, once he gets to the NFL. And I'm like, really? But now when I'm seeing it, you know, obviously he's still early in his career, you know, but at right now, I'm just every time I see him play, that conversation pops in my head, like, hey, we thought we we didn't even, we just like, let's just keep it close. <laughs> that's what right. the team, that's what the coach would tell him because they played in the same little conference of high school. That is demoralizing because I've had a coach say that to me in a high school and little league. Hey, let's just keep it close. And I was just like, keep it close. Keep it close? <laughs> Bro, I'm trying to win. And when hey. I, I'm like, oh my God. Hey, so- you, you were part of a good high school football program. I was part of the worst high school football program that I have ever been around. Like I've never been around a college teammate or a pro teammate who came from a program as bad as mine. Really? Yeah. So now they're like my, my best friend in high school is coaching the team. Now they're actually like, they're really good, Okay. but it was like division eight back in in the day where division one was big division. We were division eight. And And we were never, we were never better than 500. Okay. Now think about that in my entire Four years playing high school football, we never got – we got once to 500. We were losers every other every other year. Dang. Okay? That's, yeah, that's rough. Now, we – now, so my, my – I think it was my senior year, we're playing Bloomington High School. They just got a new coach, and they're, they're on pace, and they ended up breaking the national scoring record at the time. We get into the – we get into the uh, <laughs> oh, halftime. Man. Halftime, we are down – 40 to nothing at halftime. Okay. And here's, here's, here's what the coach comes in and says, he goes, well, we're probably not going to win this game, boys. Let's just try to make it respectable. Okay. Break it down. (laughs) Really? Uh, I could do the numbers. It's like, how are you going to make it respectable? What quit? (laughs) I know. Are you going to give them uh the rest is give us our give us the playbook. So he's like, here the playbook. You, Can we do a running clock in the second half, please? Yeah, running clock. That yeah. Is there a CIF what, rule for running clock? Yeah, oh, I, played dude. In, I, I played. I've coached in games like that in high school. Unfortunately, here in Wisconsin, so I, I know on one good side how that feels, but I wouldn't want to know how that feels on the other side. That, that that's a tough feeling. Tough feeling. Good story there, Mike. Uh, great time. Great show today, man. Good talking. It's like I said, we got these Packers versus the Cardinals in down in the, uh, the Sun Devil State. And so where you could uh, wrap this show up, thank you for everybody tuning in to the podcast. You could go to Apple Podcasts, you could go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, download this podcast, listen in, tune in, give us feedback because we like that and it makes us better. And, uh, you know, then we get more little, we get more of the stars in the ratings. And then you could go over to Twitter at um, on my block. Um, is our Twitter on Hannah that's on O-N underscore M-Y underscore block on Twitter. Find us, follow us again. You can listen through our show through there. And um, my social media is Green 30 all one word on Twitter and Instagram, and then also just Green on Facebook. And Mike, let people know where they can find you on socials. 
Yeah, you want to, uh, any questions you got, hit me up at, uh, at Unrivaled ESS on Twitter, a process to perform on Instagram. Uh, yeah, you guys got any, the easiest thing is probably to text us directly. I mean, uh, to, to social, to hit our Twitter handles directly. And uh, yeah, man, a great, great show. That was, that was a good game. Like I said, with game, we got to win and, and hopefully we'll have a, a good show in here on Thursday night. Man, this could be a good game. I'm excited for this game. This is one it of those is. games where they've played, they've had some good matchups in the last, you know, five, 10 years. You think about, you think about Fitzgerald's big game, couple, you know, but yeah. what was that five, seven years ago? They've yeah, had some the good matchups. It's Hail always Mary games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's always a good game. You know, it's just always a good game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. It is. It is. So, Hey, see you. See you next week. Or actually, we might be doing something later this week. Talking to some Cardinal boys. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but if not, see you next week. And I know you're going to be watching Thursday Night Football because I will be too. All right, man. Peace.
Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.